actually just a weirdo showboater who, because he danced a little bit and came last, yeah. he's like the Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton oh, of the on. Olympic Games. Have you actually got that written down on your notes? No, but <laughs> I just came up with that then, actually. Opening this week's show was the voice of Bernadette of the AB Film Review, giving us her disdain for the lead character in Eddie the Eagle. This discussion and our viewing of The Darkest Hour has inspired us to have a conversation about the great Gary Oman and his place in the upper echelon of film actors. Welcome to Mark Has Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts and the discussions that come from them. I'm Hiro of the True Romance Film Podcast, and joining me is Michael Denniston of the great new show Sober Cinema. Let them see your true qualities. My poor judgment. Your sense of humor. Ho, ho, ho. Your Majesty. Mr. Churchill. I invite you to take up the position of Prime Minister. He's an actor in love with the sound of his own voice. You need to reply to the Lord Privy Seal. I am sealed in the Privy. And I can only deal with one shit at a time. <laughs> a bottle of champagne for lunch. Another one at dinner. Here's to not buggering it up. Not buggering it up. Oh, well, okay. So let's talk about Gary Oldman then. Um, rap favorite of yours. You know what? I was going to you know, open this conversation with, you know, does he need awards validation to be a, you know, consider one of the all-time greats or anything like that? But you know what? He already has an award. He's in the True Romance Film Podcast Hall of Fame. I'm going to come down on the side that he probably still needs some validation, or at least different validation than that, because I don't know if he's aware of it. I don't know if you reached out to his people. Does he, does he know he's in the True Bromance Hall of Fame? Oh, he knows. He knows. He's probably, I'm sure with the, with the throngs, the, the mob that listens to us, I'm pretty positive that uh, he's fully aware. He's a listener. Word got back. Okay. I'll take your word for it. So uh, I don't, let's, let's uh, I guess, start with, let me ask you this, man. What's your opinion of Gary Oldman? One of the greats or, you know, just a really good, good actor? Uh, I mean, the highs are really high. Um, yeah, I, I automatically go true romance. That's, that's probably my favorite Absolutely. Oldman performance. And it's, I mean, it's just off the walls, batshit crazy playing a, you know, a pimp, uh, a white pimp that so desperately wants to be black. It's almost, I mean, it's so over the top in both him being like a scary villain, but also just probably being the funniest thing in that film. I don't know. It's this weird mixture that it's fearless is what it is. He's, he's, he's doing something that I think, uh, like Nicholas Cage kind of got into before Nicholas Cage became a joke. And the impressive thing with Gary Oldman is that he is what I envision like the perfect performer who never became like a meme or a joke could have gone that way if he had continued down that path of, Taking nothing but uh, true romance or maybe the Leon the professional type roles. Are you sure that he's deviated from it that much though? I mean, because he's got some stinkers down. I mean, even recently. Well, I mean, do you do you see evidence of that? Like, do you think people online uh, look at Gary Oldman as some sort of GIF uh, or or meme in the, in the same vein as Nicolas Cage, or is it just that Nicolas Cage was just a bigger movie star and that's the reason for that? Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, I think Nick, Nicolas Cage definitely has a lot more fodder in in his in his filmography but he does you know obviously he's a bigger personality in 
at least in the reality that we see him and you know you, he pops up on tmz you know fist fighting in front of uh, vegas with like brett the hitman hard or bret hard or something like that i don't know I mean, you do have a point as far as there are things like uh, from 2009, The Unborn, which I assume is just some horror film, uh, The Book of Eli, uh, Denzel, Washington, Action Joint, Red Riding Hood. Uh, that's terrible. I've seen that. Have you seen uh, Criminal, the the one with um, uh, Kevin Costner as like some sort of yes. mentally challenged kick-ass guy? I'd forgotten that he was, uh, he was in that. Uh, yeah, there's actually a lot of, like, just sort of generic action movie roles. He was apparently in The Hitman's Bodyguard this year. Which I heard is actually pretty good. I've heard that's all right. I'm not knocking it. I, I guess the difference is, uh, unlike Cage, he's, uh, usually when he's doing the maybe, uh, less than stellar, uh, not for your consideration roles, uh, he's a supporting player. So he's just, it's not his, you know, it doesn't stick to his name, Gary Oldman. I don't think everyone, when you think of Book of Eli, I don't think people go like, oh, Gary Oldman, that was his movie. No, it's Denzel, it's his movie. Um, I don't know. I, I think that in some respects he was kind of lost and his career was saved, but uh, he lost a little bit of the mystique for me uh, through the 2000s because he, uh, I'm just looking at his list here, Harry Potter and Batman movies. That's kind of, he was he was in franchise territory. There it is, territory attack the franchises, there you go, I'm not attacking, I, I love, no, no, I, I love the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, I, and I've only seen one Harry Potter movie, the first one, I didn't like it, I didn't continue with the series, so I can't speak to that. Um, but I'm guessing, uh, for Dark Sour, this is, uh, more in line with, like, Tinker Taylor. Like, this is on his shoulders. This is being promoted. I mean, he's the face of this movie. Is Tinker it's Gary Taylor Oldman's really film. the face of, uh, I mean, is Gary Oldman really the face of Tinker Taylor? I mean, I know that he got an award nomination, I believe, an Academy Award nomination for that, but you've got a slew of great actors in there, man. Sir, sir, he is literally the face. Go to IMDb. He's the poster. It's his face, uh, with glasses. It's not an incredibly sexy look okay but yeah it is uh it's his movie but i mean i mean to to your point though it is a great ensemble backing him right with that one yeah um, um not so much with darkest hour i, I mean i don't i don't Lily think James so. is in there for a little bit i mean she's got a, a bit, pretty big role is that one of those random uh short white star wars girls no i think that she played uh cinderella in the cinderella thing and she was it made a, she was the love interest made a huge pressure uh, on me and Baby Driver, she's the girl in Baby Driver. Oh, okay. Well, clearly she made a big mark on you there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought John Hamm was the love interest in that one. He's certainly, my love me. interest in that one. Yeah, <laughs> and that, you know, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because Barry just fawns all over Lily James. He thinks that she's this great actress, but I, I, I wouldn't have been able to tell her apart if it wasn't on IMDb. You know, maybe she's going for uh, the Gary Oldman uh, career path up to this point. Probably not purposely, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, for the most part, you know, you were, you opened the show saying, does he need the validation? I don't know if this is a guy, just as we've gone through his IMDb credits, that ever was going for, like, awards recognition. Maybe the, the closest in the icon recall he came to it was the contender. I don't know if he got nominated for supporting actor or was in contention for it that year. Uh, and he was really good in that, but no, I mean, I think he's just, He's just a guy. He's just like an old-fashioned actor. Yeah, just uh, he just takes the work. And, and you know, but the thing is, what he does with the work is always ultra memorable. I mean, think of Leon the Professional. I told you, Benny. Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? Everyone. 
that's something that's obviously memed quite a bit, you know, that running gif of everyone and all that stuff. But that performance is, is you know, out of 10. It's big. I mean, it's, uh, as we saw with uh, Valerian, uh, Luke Basson doesn't go subtle, doesn't go small. Uh, fifth Element. So, yeah, very big, broad characters yeah. uh, in those films. And Gary Oldman's a perfect fit for that. Darkest Hour, not much different. I mean, this Winston Churchill, not a subtle character at all. Yeah, no. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we, you know, back to Darkest Hour. Um, did you see The Disaster Artist? Yes. Okay, so uh, we covered that on the on the podcast on True Romance, and we were talking mm-hmm. about how uh, the the performance there was more of a impersonation and not much else. Sure. Right? We, we, you, you don't mm, get a lot. I would disagree there. I mean, <laughs> Barry compared him to Frank Caliendo. <laughs> <laughs> which uh i thought was amusing but um i didn't i mean that there's certainly an argument for that yeah yeah i, I didn't see a lot come through you know like uh, when he's going through this emotional stuff that he's all hurt and stuff not a lot of that comes through it's just it, it it's just the impersonation the the acting part isn't really there i had the opposite reaction because i i guess i'm a room hater like side on scene i thought it was bullshit i don't like that uh, midnight uh, movie culture, like let's get together and laugh at something. Like that's the whole point of the experience is to watch something bad together. I don't understand. It's a waste of time for me. I don't know why you would put yourself through that. If you happen to have just stumbled into the room and you were experiencing it early on and you're like, man, what the fuck is this? Sure. Um, but the disaster artist, I didn't think the film itself was, you know, Oscar worthy as it sort of has been propped up to be, but I did feel like Franco Franco made me understand that guy more than the room. I never understood the room fandom, but I understood just someone wanting so badly to be something else and just having absolutely zero talent to do it. You know, there was I must shout out this isn't uh this was not my planned podcast here, but uh there is a great A B film review, like phenomenal. One of the best podcast episodes of all time. So maybe I should prop it up, but uh, it's a little bit poor form since Andrew is a participant and Marcus played. So I'm going to credit his uh, wife, uh, Bernadette. The true who's, star who's of AB Film the Review. Tr- well, certainly in this episode. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, which, uh, you know, I guess a far cry from the importance of something like Darkest Hour as far as a <laughs> true story is, you know, it's about a guy getting into the Olympics versus saving the world. Um, sh- her point was, and Andrew, I believe, was positive on the film and the little Kingsman guy and his performance as A the Eagle. She had the exact opposite reaction. She took, she did not take the film, I believe, as they intended. She saw it as a very dark comedy about like a little sociopath who doesn't deserve to be where he is and pushes other people who are far more qualified and have actually put in the time and the effort and have the natural talent to represent their country and uses and abuses uh, people's sympathies for him to let him get in the Olympics when he doesn't deserve it. What if the the villain is in this? Eddie Edwards is the (laughs) villain in this. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm actually deadly serious. (laughs) If there there actually has to be a villain in the film, he is the villain. What the fuck? What do you mean, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) He's not... They make some sort of slim reference to the fact that he doesn't get into the Olympic team is because he's not from a posh neighborhood. Now that's bullshit. He didn't have the times, okay, to get in to the ski team. But you know, he 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 wants to be an Olympian. 
It doesn't matter that he hasn't trained for fuck. It doesn't matter that he doesn't have the skills. It doesn't matter that some people have dedicated their lives since they were five years old to getting into the Olympics. Because I was teased as a child, I want to be an Olympian. And God damn it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it so they actually, and I looked this up, they legitimately had to make a rule called the Eddie the Eagle rule to ensure that no other cunt did this exact same thing. Just to prove to themselves that they could do it. I also looked up, did he continue with his training and ever fucking make it to the Olympics? No, he didn't. And while I was watching the film, I kept waiting for the little epilogue to come up where it said, Eddie trained and, uh, you know, returned to the Olympics, the you know, the next year. And I thought to myself, when it, that didn't come up, I thought, well... Obviously, he really is the villain because he never really had the fucking talent and didn't deserve to be there. He was essentially just a weirdo showboater who, because he danced a little bit and came last, he's like the Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton of the Olympic Games. Have you actually got that written down on your notes? No, but (laughs) I just came up with that then, actually. And I thought that was a phenomenal read on A the Eagle because you can definitely see that bent. Like if you cast that film differently, if you just just say like Judd Apatow or somebody produces it, it suddenly becomes about an asshole who tries to weasel his way into a situation that he doesn't deserve. That was my also, that was kind of my enjoyment of the disaster artist. I finally got the guy. I'm like, yeah, he has no talent and we should not be applauding the room, but he doesn't believe it. And it's it's this quiet sort of desperation he has that uh I found Pretty scary and pretty funny, admittedly. Yeah, I, 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 unlike you, I have. You don't feel that way I, about Eddie the Eagle. You support. Him. I ha- didn't see Eddie the Eagle because I don't support monsters. Um, <laughs> okay, fair. So you do agree with Bernadette? You would love that podcast. I do. I, I'm a huge fan of Bernadette and that pod- podcast. Um, uh, Andrew, not so much, but whatever. I mean, you know, he's a friend, so I gave him uh, pity, pity downloads. Um, as far as the disaster, I didn't see it that way. I mean. I, I saw it as just a complete mockery. I, I didn't, I don't feel the admiration towards, um, what's his face, Tommy Wiseau from. You didn't feel Franco. the warmth. No. The, the general, the, the genuine fandom that Franco has expressed or says no. that he has. I feel <laughs> like it was because he didn't, he doesn't, he doesn't make me feel empathetic for the guy. He doesn't make me feel the way you feel about it where you kind of side with him or you want him to succeed or you, I don't know what, what it is. But I just feel like, hey, I'm supposed to be making fun of this guy, sort of how I was supposed to be making fun of The Room, which I didn't make fun of The Room. I just sat there and struggled to watch that piece of garbage. And Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make it through it. I tried to watch a, li- a little bit of it before seeing a disaster artist. I'm like, all right, I've, I've got yeah. this. That's, that's good enough. I made a mistake of uh, making that one of two movies that I took on a trip. So I had like a five-hour travel, and that's <laughs> all I had to watch. So it was Left with The Room. So it's either like... <laughs> Uh, listen to the guy next to me who's you know he's an up-and-coming rapper apparently and he's trying to practice his rap technique or watch the room so was that on you personally or just like he was just shadow boxing just doing it like to himself no it was just him doing it to himself okay yeah well so he so he wasn't offended when he threw on the room no it's what happens when you ride the bus like a five dollar <laughs> bus ride uh, <laughs> from here to miami it's not good but uh, so one point that I do have to make is that um, I guess we've kind of already made it is that Gary Oldman will take up any, any role, right? Um, but I believe so. When I, I initially popped off on the uh, the beginning of the podcast, that hey, what do you think of him, et cetera, et cetera? 
I think of him as one of the greats. I, I am, I sincerely think that he is a great actor because he does take these like crazy roles, but he does elevate them kind of like what he did with, with Drexel in True Romance. You know, he, he takes this little bit side role and he elevates it to this, this amazing two minutes in a film. I think that that, that is a testament to his skill and his dedication to what he's doing. Um, I, I see him as like sort of the anti Daniel Day Lewis where, um, Daniel Day Lewis, the greatest of all time. Um, I'll even give you maybe the Tom Brady of uh, of acting. All right, sure. I'll, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll, you, I'll accept yep, that. I'm sure you will. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that guy comes out every four or five years and hits one out of the parks, but he's not working that often, whereas Gary Ullman will take any role. So that kind of drives me to a podcast I was listening to called the Flophouse Podcast. And so the Lucas Haas, the local young priest, calls for Gary Oldman, the witch-slaying werewolf fighter, with his international band of knights and their metal elephant that they burn people in to come and save the village from the warwolf. I don't know about you guys, but a party's not a party until you shake a wolf's head. <laughs> so they hold uh, – Gary Coldman comes into town and he says, you didn't kill Blood the werewolf. Goldman. He acts out in – he overacts extremely the story of how he, earlier in his wolf-fighting career, uh, thought he had killed a werewolf. But when he came home, he found out that he had actually hurt his wife who was the werewolf. And he killed his wife because she was a werewolf. And he carries her hand around mm-hmm. as proof, I guess. He's that he, really proud of the fact that he killed his wife. He, he makes like a trophy. At least five times. He constantly talks about how he killed his wife to the from the point where it goes from him being it being his tragic backstory to it being something that he's pretty proud of, and he wants everyone to tell him how cool he is for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has silver fingernails to kill wolves with, much like Cyber, the Wolverine villain. But only yeah. like three of them, right? I mean, yeah, he, a, he was like them, and they're not very long. They're like slightly longer than normal fingernails. It looks well, like, like the just... middle one does isn't silver, so it's like the longest yeah. one. That one's for wasn't... cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he also has a silver sword. And the best moment and in a the silver the best moment in the sure. entire movie, the best <laughs> one is, and Gary Oldman's shining moment is when Lucas Haas says, "Oh, one of only three silver swords, blessed by the Holy Father. May I touch it?" And he goes. No. <laughs> and uh, they were talking about the aforementioned Red Riding Hood. And they go into this like huge like crush on this character. Like, what's Gary Oldman doing? But never is it like, what is this guy doing in this movie? And what is this great actor? Like, if Daniel Day-Lewis was in that movie, there'd be a lot of questions to be asked if Daniel Day-Lewis is in Red Riding Hood. But Gary Oldman, you don't bat an eye. He's just being Gary Oldman. And I think that that's sort of kind of his calling card like you said earlier he is just a great working actor he he works a lot and but he'll take any role and he'll try to hit it out of the park yeah ebert said something similar about nicholas cage before uh i, I don't know at what point in time this was i want to say it was the early mid 2000s so i mean it was well after cage had maybe started to you know he had lost his uh I guess critical cred, really. He was he, he lost was all far his possessions from, through tax evasion and shit, and he started. Well, you know, I mean, he he lives large, right? Those those guys, you know, castles ain't cheap. Doesn't he so. own like King Tut's tomb or some bullshit? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I admire that. <laughs> all that Con Air money and face off, like, sure, spend you it, know what? whatever you want. I'm gonna buy the corpse of the little man from P.T. Barnum Circus. You know what? I got that kind of dollars. Okay, do what you got to do, buddy. Go for it. Um, and I, I always respected Ebert for – which Ebert was fairly populous in his takes, um, considering he's like – I guess renowned as, I don't know, at this point, the greatest film critic of all time. Um, some would 
maybe go back a little bit further. But I would say if you ask men on the street, they're going to say Roger Ebert. That's going to be the name that comes to mind that defines film criticism. Um, I, I like that he sort of took up for Cage uh, in the sense that it's like these people, their job is to do make-believe. So, yes, to your point about Oldman versus Daniel Day-Lewis, I do admire that Oldman's not necessarily precious with the roles that he's taking. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of... And I'm not totally comfortable with it. Um, you know, with Phantom Thread coming up, Daniel Day-Lewis, it's been announced for months, I think, since production started. This will be his final film role. And I'm like, why? I think he's starting to backtrack on that, though. Well, I mean, don't do that before the Oscars come around, because I assume that was part of the, the marketing push for him to get... Is his, would this be his third, I think, if, if he won for Phantom Thread? Um, but I... You know, I, I have more respect for the guy that works, the guy that just puts something out there. Because as a fan, if you're a fan of Gary Oldman, he's going to give you something. And it's going to be something different. It, we don't know what genre it'll be. You can't really define what is a Gary Oldman role. And I like that about the dude. Now, that goes into what I dislike about Darkest Hour is this feels – and I'm – you know, I can't speak for him. Maybe he's a huge you know Churchill fan. Maybe he likes the script. I don't know this feels like him kind of playing the game a little bit where it's like, Oh, I'm a renowned actor. These are the type of roles I'm supposed to take. And you know, I, uh, I would prefer the, the true romance Drexel. That's, that's the Gary Oldman. I want to see. Far is, from is, Drexel, though? I mean, it's a, uh, it's just another thing. I mean, you know, I mean, he's respected by society for, <laughs> I don't know. If Drexel, I respect Drexel. I forgot that. <laughs> is it any <anyone>, boy day? <laughs> you, you know what though? What about Dracula? Something like Dracula. Where he's got that, to me, I saw a lot of Dracula in this Churchill performance. A lot of the mannerisms, a lot of the the, the facial tics, the voice modulations. Well, that goes back to the disaster artist, and you've, I guess you were getting into that you're not as much of a fan of uh, an imitation or mimicry uh, that comes into a performance. And you were, <laughs> in our group chat, you were schooling us a little bit earlier today. Gotta help you out. Uh, affording us clips of uh because there i have read uh and what we were talking about was a dark sour needs uh subtitles which um i didn't feel was as bad as what had been stated i'd seen a lot of reviews that mentioned that like this will be better on dvd but i thought that was fine i mean i'm sure i missed some things but for the most part i could follow along yeah oh i mean i but i had to concentrate I'll be frank. I, I understood everything that I think everything that was being said, but I really had to work at it. I had to like, sir, I concentrated far more in Red Riding Hood. I, I was wrapped with attention on this. You're a Amanda Seyfried type of guy. <laughs> I, I am. I, I don't know if I'm on the record there, but sure, might as well out myself right now. Um, I, you know, you you bring up Dracula. There've been plenty of movies about not only Dracula but vampires, or like a head vampire. And I still feel like that's off the wall Oldman with that Dracula. Like that's just, just over the top, batshit crazy. I don't know if I necessarily like him just doing a straight imitation of Churchill. Like I was, I was thinking back to Sid and Nancy, which I guess would, that would be a similar game playing a, a famous, uh, individual, real life person. Mm-hmm. And I still like, I think that I know Sid Vicious more looking like Gary Oldman than I do Sid Vicious. And I don't think he's going to accomplish that with Winston Churchill. I, I think he's got to, he's got to play the part pretty straight. And it's just not that fun. I don't know. It's not, I mean, it's not really a fun movie. It's, it's, it's fine, but I think this actually is, uh, kind of wasting Oldman's talents. I think he's so good at like sort of creating like a definitive character with these sort of 
weird, this weird physicality he brings to it that putting him in all this makeup and making him like, hey, it looks like that guy, that guy from the history books. And he sounds just like the guy that you can watch on YouTube and listen to his famous speeches. I think there are a number of actors that could have done this. And a lot of them, like, I don't know if anyone can do Drexel or his oh, Dracula. See, I think that was only Gary Oldman. I will agree with you with the back end of that statement, but the front end, I don't think a lot of guys can do this because, like, there's a secret. You don't think a lot of actors could? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think to this level, to, with this level of skill. This reminds me, to bring back the Daniel Day Lewis thing, this reminds me a lot of Lincoln, where Lincoln is this massive performance in the center of this relatively, like, one would call dull procedural. Where you know you go into the the fits of Congress or Parliament, and mm-hmm. you know you're you're bar- you're you're arguing with the parties and the the, the 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 political system and all that stuff. But there's a sequence in Darkest Hour where he calls up Roosevelt begging for help, um, as most foreign countries are wanting to do: call America, beg for help. <laughs> um, so he calls and he runs through the range of emotions, even like buried under the fat suit, buried under the. The caricature that he's building, the the the, the craziness, you f- see Oldman run through those emotions, through his voice, through his facial tics, through a lot of those things. So I I do think that there's a big performance under here. I don't think a lot of people could have done this. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a great performance. Is it his best? I don't think so. I, I think he should have won you know Academy Award for Drexel. But absolutely should have. But no question. But I do think this is worthy of uh, of critical praise. It's fine. Oh God. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm I don't seriously think thinking. I think the movie's fine. I think his performance is, is I, fantastic. I don't, I don't think I would, I wouldn't even have him nominated. I don't think. And that's, I have to admit, and I think a lot of people probably do share this. I, you know, I come into this with just a distaste for these historical dramas, like a King's Speech. I'm just like, well, this is nap time. Even at best, it's going to be that was pleasant and I'll never think about it again. I don't think Darkest Hour ever really exceeds that. I It was a little bit better than I thought. I did feel like that, stylistically, it gets into the story pretty quickly. Like it, And I was like, okay, this is moving along in a pretty good clip. I like Churchill as a character. He's a fun character. Drinks a lot. Walks around naked. He's in a bathrobe. I can respect he at least gives you the all heads of his qualities. Up, he at least gives you the heads up when he's coming out. He, you know, he doesn't do the Weinstein thing for sure. He's, uh, yeah, he's. <laughs> I think every time I talk to you, you bring this up. <laughs> like, well, if if this is a precursor to you know our, our Oscar season, our Oscar talk, got to bring in Weinstein at some point. But um, I, do you yeah, think they'll I, bring I, that crap up at the Oscars, like at the actual Oscars? Oh, uh, the the host better. I don't know who's hosting it. Who's the comedian we've got? Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, absolutely. Got to. You got to bring it up. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence as to whether he'll do it. As far as I don't know if they can really mine it for any more comedy, but uh, I think they have to acknowledge it. I don't know. I mean, because otherwise Twitter will go crazy. If they, Twitter, you know, what, Twitter will go crazy. No anyway, matter what, so. man. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones staring blankly angry <laughs> is all I ever want out of the Oscars. And you know what, man? I bet that that uh, if they bring that up, that's exactly what he'll do. So are you rooting for, for Oldman uh, for this performance this year or just as a fan? like for like for Basically for a Drexel, like an honorary, like you should have already won one by now. Here's your career award for best actor. I was thinking about this the other day when I was thinking I watched uh, a little bit of The Departed. And I saw, you know, I, I thought about Scorsese winning his Academy Award for that. And is it his best? Absolutely not. Is it even close to his best? Absolutely not. 
but I was happy to see him win. I I, I think that the body of work sometimes you, it's also a weak year. Yeah, I mean, I but sometimes you got to so. give him the 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 hey, we owed you one trophy. You know, I I called the wrong foul in in the game, so I'm going to get you back one. So sometimes the referee has to give it back to you. So in the same case, in the same vein, I I'd be happy to see him win, um, just for. You know the the what do they call it the um, career career award or whatever? Is there a performance this year that you think is going to get the shaft for that? Like, is there a standout best actor role? Because I don't I don't know if I have one necessarily where I think that oh that person's going to be screwed if Gary Oldman wins for his career achievement award from that the the Call Me by Your Name movie. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. You know, it's all over Twitter, it's all over social media. But uh, his performance is genuinely that pretty that that badass. It's pretty good. Uh, having not been involved in that conversation because I've not seen it, I'll just disagree. I'll just say okay. no. Um, <laughs> I don't have my my chart, my my running chart here in front of me, so I can't uh, give any other answer other than that because it's one of the more recent films that I've seen. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I just pulled up on my uh, notes on my phone here my uh, current, as it stands today, top ten list for the year. Okay. I don't. I don't think one of them has a standout uh, performance or what I would consider like a lead best actor uh, role. Uh, and actually, most of them uh, would go into the best actress category right. this year. Yeah. So, like, I was thinking about a movie, like, just in my head. I, I think about the big sick, and I was like, ah, the 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 female lead is the best thing there. And and uh, I can't even think of another movie that has a like a big time actor other than um, Call Me by Your Name. At least a male actor. Performance. I liked I liked uh, Denzel quite a bit and Roman J Israel, which he's that's not gonna get nominated. But uh, that's the only movie on my list that's like, oh, this has got a central male performance, and even that was a little too, a little too actorly at times, a little too tickish. But uh, it, it was a good movie, so I you know. But uh, fine, give it to Oldman, I guess. Since you know he's uh, this is like a, you want to go back to Tom Brady. This is like uh, best actors this year's NFL uh, race. That's um. It is. It's the Patriots and then everyone else because there's too many injuries and there's you know too much parity. Everyone sucks this year. I don't think that's a really good analogy. I think uh, Tom Brady, me bringing it up one time was enough. I don't think we needed it the second time. I didn't even bring up his, his name in mind. I just said the Patriots. I, I wasn't saying it was all on the, the the goat. I was not saying the greatest of all time. The you know Daniel Day Lewis of football. Oh. That was you. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I regret that. It's the liquor talking. <laughs> uh, thank goodness, thank goodness, I'm editing this one so I can fix that in, in post, as they say. Yeah, have me saying Dan Marino or something, and my uh, my analogy makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, you know, you were you were talking about how. Uh, you appreciate Gary Oldman for uh, for just kind of working, taking whatever and, and making the best yeah. of it or whatever. Uh, you know, what it reminds me of you know what it reminds me of is uh, Michael Caine in uh, Jaws four. You know, he took a he took a role there. I don't know if you've ever seen Jaws four, but it is nope. a true abomination. Um, and Michael Caine was asked one time something about Jaws four. I, I think the intent was to kind of to to mock him, and he's like, I've never seen it, but. Uh, by all accounts, it's pretty bad. He goes, but however, I've seen the house that it built, and it's pretty fucking awesome. Good for him. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, terrific. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, that's the way I see um, Gary Oldman. He's like, you know what, man? <laughs> I'm a movie star. I'm, I'm in movies. I, I'm taking roles, and I'm doing what I want. And, and more often than not, I'm doing it well. Because how crazy is he in Red Riding Hood? I mean, how he's not bad. He's just... It's entertaining. He's entertaining, right? He knows the yeah. movie. He's in. He's the only guy in that movie. You got these like tween actors in there 
trying to do like a Twilight ripoff because I think the the Twilight Lady made that movie, um, the, the the first director of Twilight. Oh, the one that's got did she get fired? She got from fired. Twilight? Yeah, she got whacked, and uh, so she made her own Twilight with Red Riding Hood, and she had the the the, the what do they call it the, uh, the love triangle going with you know a couple of good looking dudes, a good looking lady, and they try to do it, and Gary Oldman rushing in. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I've never seen Twilight, but I've seen that. So she she won me over. Uh, she she got my ten bucks or whatever. You saw it in the theater. Like six. I did see it in the theater. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, I I mean I don't know, man. I, I see a lot of movies. I guess that there's no excuse because that was pre podcast days. But oh wow, uh, so you did that out yeah. of the, the you know just the joy of seeing film. Well, Amanda Seyfried will will do that to a man, or at least me, I guess. Yeah, I love Chloe. I do love Chloe. I think, you know, going back to that, uh, the idea of actors, you know, just acting or treating it like a job is the, I guess it's like the auteur theory. Uh, we want to apply, we apply a lot of power to directors, like as far as like it's their film, that, that authorship. And somehow that's also trickled down to, to actors in the sense like if they're in a, a whopper or something. It's actually rare that you can get the reputation of Gary Oldman. Like we, we start to, uh, like look at what Ben Affleck, you know, what he, he went through, like before he, he started directing, he was a joke as a performer. And it's because he was starring in what most people would say is shit. Uh, but how much control do they have over the sort of the narrative of their career, that, that arc, you know, that they're, they're, they're thinking, okay, like I've, he did a Michael Bay movie. That was a big success. Armageddon. He does Pearl Harbor, which not. He does, uh, was he doing a John Woo movie? Um, like 2002, like Paycheck? Was that Dom- I think was that John Woo? I think that was wow. John Woo. But I know he did Geely there. He did, uh, he. Which was the, the guy that did, uh, Sin of a Woman. I forget the director's name, but he had had hits before. So he's thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm banking on people that right. had success in the past. And it's just because they all turn out bad. Suddenly the, you know, the narrative is like, oh, he's a terrible actor and he just does terrible shit. And I don't, I don't think actors really have that much control over, you know, their, their career tra- trajectory in that point. No, Affleck only got back when he started directing right. started, and started directing himself. Right. Well, what do you make of somebody like Tom Cruise who had nothing but, you know, a string of hits for the bulk of his career? It's only as of late that he's had a couple of, of films that aren't well received, but he pretty much hit it out of the park for a good 20 years. I mean, what do you make of somebody like that? I mean, because he was in full control of his career. He was picking great directors to work with. He was very hands-on with the, with the, the movie-making process and all that stuff. So he's kind of the antithesis of, of, of that argument with Affleck. Well, he, I mean, he certainly... And he's got uh, a great ass. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did check. I was right on John Woo. I was really glad it wasn't another, you know, Asian director oh, there. And then I just God almighty. That's all we racist. need. <laughs> Sink Mark has played right from the get-go. <laughs> oh, just some random Asian. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Tom Cruise. I mean, I think he's a little bit of a different animal uh, just in the sense of, like, you know, the guys he's working with. So he goes from what? Uh, good God. Um, Scorsese. Um, 86. Um, he goes to Barry Levinson. He goes to Tony Scott. Um, Ron Howard. Reiner. Uh, is it Sidney Pollock? Sidney Pollock is right after that. Um, De Palma, Cameron Crowe, <laughs> Kubrick, uh, PTA, then John Woo, Cameron Crowe again, and then Steven Spielberg a few times. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he just, uh, 
I think he tried to do this. He just did it more successfully than Affleck. Yeah. He was just banking on the high-end directors, and uh, they actually made good stuff for well over almost two decades. He made his decisions with less alcohol. Uh, ben Affleck has always struck. I think he's probably clear of all toxins. Uh, I think that's the, the pact you make with Scientology. I think he's... Is that the case? <laughs> Is that why I keep getting those flyers on my door? You know... <laughs> Oh yeah, they 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 they're they're pretty much stationed in Florida. Aren't they, they are, and 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 I'm not kidding. I get the Dianetics like flyer glued to my door at least once a week. Yeah, they've uh, maybe they also listen to your show and they're they're attempting to save they're you. They're coming to help. They're help. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard is uh, and his crew. They're coming to help me. If uh, it's anything like uh, the naked scene in um, the Master, I'm all in. I'll go for it. <laughs> I give it a shot. Just I mean, a room full of nudies. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just let me know if Amy Adams. Uh, is there? Because um, I'm trying to remember. They were very, uh, they were very body positive. Yeah, with uh, all kinds of stuff. There's a smorgasbord. Yeah, and in, in, in PTA's version of Scientology, uh, I think I could feel very comfortable there. Not so much Kubrick's eyes wide shut. No, I'm I'm Cruise. I'm not taking off the cloak. Oh, for sure. <laughs> You're like Travis over there, just all vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh just uh, ambling through. <laughs> no. I want no part. <laughs> You can tell how much interest we have in Darkest Hour. We're like, hey, let's talk about the orgies yeah, let's again. Talk, let's <laughs> talk about our friends. Let's just throw them under the bus. I'm not, that's it. I'm done. The orgies and throwing them under Do the you, bus. Okay, I have one more thought on that. Okay, I, I pretty much Darkest Hour, uh, very vanilla film yep. film for me. So not a lot of meat to dive into. So you're smart to just focus on Oldman. Do you think people will look back? Let's say he goes on and wins, you know, best actor, and people are momentarily happy. Uh, do you, you think film Twitter that, I don't know, a week, two weeks, a month starts bitching about the fact that that's what Oldman's going to be remembered for, possibly like Academy Award winner for Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman, when he does have so many. It will be seconds. It what? won't take long. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. You'll have. So we're all going to be collectively happy for this, this guy that is a, a sort of a cinephiles actor. And then we're going to start bitching yeah. about the fact that he should have won it for Dracula point or of Drexel. Twitter. It's the bitch. Okay. You know, it'll be like, oh my God, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Time to send him direct hate. Just fire it at him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. I'd be all for Barry Jenkins <laughs> replying back with direct hate. I'd be, I'd be totally down for that, but uh, he's got better things to do. Oh yeah. What well, is he? Is he? Is Barry Jenkins making anything again? I, what's he doing? I mean, you could ask Twitter and they probably wouldn't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Such true fans they are. Oh, there he is. Uh, this making a movie called If Beale Street Could Talk. No idea what that is. Dave Franco, there he is. Since we're focusing on, on acting and actors, what do you think of Dave Franco? I liked him quite a bit in Neighbors with his uh, sort of uh, boner power. I thought that was. I thought he had a good uh, uh, erection face. And that's about as much as I've thought about Dave Franco, which out of context sounds really, That's horrible. really horrible. So I hope you put that. I hope you put that right at the top of the show to get people to, to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I can't. I don't think I have a read on Dave Franco other than like, hey, that's a uh, little Franco. Yeah, that's exactly. It. Yeah, exactly. I, you know that I did see that he's been married to like Allison Brie for a while. Yeah, I hate yeah, him. and I, I hate him. him. That's it. I'm <laughs> done with him. Yeah, he will never achieve the heights that his brother is because of that simple fact. And you know what? He doesn't need to. He's already achieved the heights. He's already beat Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman can win an Oscar. It's not going to matter. Allison Brie. Jesus that's it. Christ. It's over. Yeah, that's pretty much. But you know, the the fleeting nature of Hollywood marriages, that'll be over soon. <laughs> there was no need for that. <laughs> am, am I lying, though? Is there, is there an, uh, an ounce of dishonesty there? No. I, 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 don't, I have no 
no inside uh, information on that. I don't. I don't know if Glow has given Allison Brie a big head, but I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, I'm sure they're, it's all good as long as. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you just you just sound so angry. I am even before you say anything. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for tuning in to Marcus Played. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes or your pod player of choice. While you're at it, give the podcast that we featured on this week's show a spin. We recommend them, so they must be good, because, of course, we know what we're talking about. And if you can't get enough of us, check out my show, The Trooper Man Film Podcast, or one of Mike's 84 podcast endeavors, uh, including Projecting Film or the aforementioned Sober Cinema. And as always, you can find more of our stuff at followingfilms.com. 